0: Binge Eating Dietitian Podcast. My name is Jo. I'm a registered dietitian. I'm here to smash the taboo of binge eating. And for the last five episodes, today is the sixth. I have been helping those who are supporting loved ones through binge eating. If you haven't noticed already, binge eating is a really complex topic. There is a lot to unpack. There are many layers. It's not usually just one cause, one trigger. Often binge eating happens as a result of many different factors and that's also reflected in the treatments for binge eating. They span a whole range of different types of therapies or nutritional counselling and which one suits you? Well, it depends on your individual story. But one thing that is a common thread throughout any kind of binge eating is that having support from loved ones can really help. It can accelerate getting better. It can reduce some of those horrible feelings and emotions of shame and guilt that everybody with binge eating struggles with. I hope that you have enjoyed the support series and something tells me that there's also people who are struggling with binge eating themselves listening to this and if that's you I hope that you have gotten some tips about how you can approach the subject with your loved one whether you are somebody who binge eats or you're supporting somebody who binge eats. I just hope that it's been helpful and that has made you feel even a little bit less alone going through this journey. In today's episode, the final episode of the support series, I thought I would just call a spade a spade and recognise that Even if you've listened to every single episode of this podcast, even if you've done all of the reading that I recommended, all of the additional resources, even if you have listened to the the five episodes of the support series, you still might not really get what binge eating is or why it's such a problem or why your loved one can't just stop. So for this episode, I have entitled it, I just don't get it. And I want to just say it again. If you are somebody, even though you have read up so much on the topic, you still just don't quite understand it, that is okay. As you know, my background is I'm a registered dietitian, I'm a highly credentialed professional. I have done so much research on binge eating, including it was part of my master's degree. And honestly, between me and you, the best tool that I utilize to help my clients who are struggling with binge eating and help you through creating this podcast is that I struggled with binge eating myself. I have first person lived experience of what it's like to be stuck in a cycle of binging and not being able to stop, not being able to pull myself out of it. And even though I had all these qualifications that made me sound wonderful on paper, I I still felt like I did not know how to feed myself. So that's my very long-winded way of saying that if you just don't get binge eating, that's okay. If you don't understand it, it is okay. I do believe on some level that to really truly understand the core of this behavior, you need to have experienced it yourself. My usual disclaimer before I get started, please don't take any healthcare advice from a podcast. Please do go and seek one-to-one individual support from your doctor, your nurse or of course your dietitian. And one last thing before I get into it, next week I am going to be back to my normal episodes discussing all types of topics relating to binge eating, overeating, feeling out of control around eating, all of that good stuff. So if you have any ideas for me of topics I should cover in upcoming weeks, then please do let me know. Please send me a message on Instagram. I'm at binge.eating.dietitian or please email me joe at antidietanswers.com. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I am going to be sharing with you six aspects of binge eating that may help you just to understand it a bit better, just to be able to get it so you can support your loved one even more so. All right. The first aspect of binge eating is that binge eating is an eating disorder, but it's also an eating disorder behavior. So the eating disorder is called binge eating disorder and it is the most common eating disorder in the Western world. It's difficult to put statistics on it because lo and behold, people try to conceal their eating disorder. They don't want the world to know that they're struggling with binge eating disorder. But there is some UK based evidence to say that about one in five eating disorders are down to binge eating disorder. So it is the most prevalent eating disorder in the UK. Regarding the behavior then, so you don't have to have the official diagnosis in order to be struggling with the behavior and binge eating to reiterate is eating a very large volume of food in a short space of time with feeling out of control associated with it. So you don't necessarily have to meet all the diagnostic criteria to still be deserving of help and to still be really struggling. Secondly, you may have noticed that your loved one really struggles with their mood, either directly related to their binge eating, as in that they have just binged, or just generally, they just tend to have a more negative effect. I'm not a psychologist or a therapist, but I am very reliably informed That challenging emotions surround the act of binge eating. And one of the most challenging emotions associated with binge eating is the emotion of shame. And shame affects somebody who binge eats in so many ways. There is external shame, feeling like you'll be shamed by society if they knew what you were doing in relation to binge eating. There's shame about your body, being shameful that your body is going to get bigger because of binge eating. And because shame is not just feeling like you've done a bad thing, it's that you feel like you're a bad person. It's an emotion that washes over us. So if you haven't noticed that your loved one maybe is experiencing mood swings it is possibly down to the level of guilt and shame that they are experiencing relating to their binge eating. And another reason why mood swings are so prevalent in binge eating, And this brings me on to aspect of binge eating number three, is that when you have a binge, it is absolutely debilitating. It shakes you to your core. It feels like it's another personality coming in and driving this eating episode. It feels like your body has been hijacked, like it's a whole other force that is completely out of your control. And when that's over, you're just left feeling lost because that force is gone and you're back to yourself. You snap back into real life and you realize that you have to deal with all of these difficult emotions and consequences after binging. So I'm trying to get across to you that it is not just like overeating. I know that you think that you understand what binging is like because you have also overdone it on a big meal before. You have eaten way past fullness. Maybe you felt a bit sick, but no, you have not experienced a binge until you've experienced it. And the downfall that occurs after a binge is so debilitating. So if you know that your loved one is going through this and is experiencing this they're probably experiencing it alone when you're not there but if you know that it is happening just have extra compassion and extra kindness for them. I know it can be annoying that they seem to have mood swings and you can't quite figure them out you never know if they're hot or cold but just please know again that it is not their fault. Moving on to the fourth aspect of binge eating is that after this incredibly debilitating episode, when you do snap back into your real life, it can feel really good to plan to make up for what has happened, to plan to try and eliminate all of the calories, all of the food that you've eaten to make some kind of plan for how you can make yourself feel better. It's our way of taking control back, taking control back from this behavior and feeling like we are on top of it, we are back on track. Now, interestingly, not everybody who struggles with binge eating will follow up a binge with a plan to restrict or to get back on it. And even for the ones who do make a plan, don't always follow through. But what I can say is, in most cases, it does feel good to make some kind of plan to undo the supposed damage that you think you've done through this episode of binge eating. As you can probably gather from the previous episodes that I have done, by planning to restrict or by engaging in restrictions, so by fasting for hours or cutting back on carbohydrates or some other food group, or planning some crazy exercise reg- regimen, like a really long run, all in a hope of burning off calories, by doing all of that, it is only exacerbating the cycle. It's only going to lead to more binging down the line. If you know that your loved one is planning a new diet or you see them taking out their notebook and writing out everything they're going to eat for the next few days, if you see them doing that, have a chat with them, ask them what they're doing, be curious, be non-judgmental, but ask curious questions. Why they are planning that? What is their intention? Is that the best strategy? Because you've heard on the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast that trying to make up for a binge only causes the exacerbation of the cycle. It doesn't help to get somebody out of it. What your loved one is thinking right now is because they have binged on all this food today that they are not going to want it tomorrow. They are going to be turned off it now for the rest of their life because they've had this big binge today. It's a fantasy. It never works out like that. Binging on food today does not make you not wanted tomorrow. So I just wanted to let you know that it does feel good to plan a restriction after a binge, but it isn't the best thing. So if you know that your loved one is doing it, be there for them, support them. And if you can, maybe gently guide them towards another way. Aspect of binge eating number five that I want you to understand is that binge eating affects everybody. It's not just your typical picture of somebody with an eating disorder. It is everybody. It's people of all genders, all ages and all walks of life who struggle with binge eating. And everybody deserves validation for that. Everybody deserves for their voice to be heard, for them to feel like they are not alone going through this. As a female, binge eating can feel particularly shameful And relating to my last point of it feeling good to want to restrict after a binge, I believe that both of those aspects particularly relate to women because we have the added pressure from society to look a certain way in order to be beautiful. The thin ideal is a concept that cannot be argued. It's assumed that you are a better woman if you are in a smaller body or if you have the kind of body that certainly nobody who has issues with their relationship with food would have. This is an added source of shame because not only do we feel like we're letting ourselves down, but we feel like we're letting society down and society will think that we are not good women if we don't look a certain way. That's certainly not to minimize the experience of other genders though I just wanted to add in that extra point that the thin ideal puts pressure on us to look a certain way and therefore eat a certain way so when we have moments where we are completely out of control around food it feels like that we have just let everybody down from ourselves to our friendship group to society as a whole. And lastly, the final aspect of binge eating that I would like you to understand is that it often accompanies another mental illness. Oftentimes, people who struggle with binge eating often have another mental health diagnosis, such as depression or anxiety. Binge eating doesn't happen in a vacuum. It affects every area of our life. And with regards to depression, It's not always quite clear which one has come first. Did depression lead to the binge eating or did binge eating lead to depression? If you are suspicious that your loved one is struggling with binge eating and you know they already have another mental health diagnosis, then that is good reason to be concerned, to ask more questions, to support them so that they feel empowered to get the help that they need to overcome it. And that brings me to an end of the support series. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to these six episodes. On behalf of your loved one, thank you for taking an interest in this really challenging behavior that they feel that nobody understands. I know I've said this in previous episodes, but it's really important that as a loved one, you take care of yourself too. And that's no matter what eating disorder you are trying to support your loved one with. Families and loved ones are also known as the second victims of eating disorder recovery. And that's partially because you feel the impact of the eating disorder. You are exposed to the mood swings or the challenges at mealtimes times. But yet there isn't usually as many services available to you. I wanted to do this support series to also have your voice heard in this, to raise awareness that it's not just the individual who is struggling, who feels the effect of binge eating, but it's also their loved ones around them. If you liked this support series and it's helped you support your loved one, I would love to hear about it. Please do let me know. Drop me an email, joe at antidietanswers.com. If you would like me to do more episodes on supporting a loved one, do give me a heads up and I will consider it for the future. All right, thank you for joining me. I will see you in the next episode. Until then, take care of yourself.